to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person seeking to live in reciprocity with the natural world, and a person just loving to eat this time of the year. Um, Does Minnesota get any better? Uh, Fresh corn on the cob. Uh, We put in a new box garden this year, and we just have a ton, a ton of tomatoes and basil and parsley and cucumbers. And I even harvested some peaches from the yard. Um, We only had about a dozen peaches, but these are like the peachiest peaches ever. And, uh, um, you know, we had a protect the peach tree there was that mother day frost um peaches don't tend to do great in minnesota but if you plant them in the right spot um but just love this time of the year and um we end up protect that tree and that reciprocity with the natural world works um it's the way that life works uh, water is life and so today we're going to be talking about um landscaping um and landscaping in a way that's reciprocal with the natural world uh joining us by phone are the owners of minnehaha falls landscaping russ henry and chesney Enquist. welcome to food freedom radio Hi, Laura. Hey. Thanks so much for having us, Laura. Good to be back. Wonderful to have you guys again. So tell us a little bit about Minnehaha Falls Landscaping. Well, Minnehaha Falls Landscaping is a 60-year-old business with uh, our, our, that is rooted in healthy soil. And so we go around and plant rain gardens and butterfly gardens, and we manage organic lawns. We do whole landscape designs and install walkways and patios retaining walls, and Chesney heads up the garden maintenance end of things. Yep, and I love what you're saying about reciprocity, Laura. We really do practice low-impact garden maintenance and installation, so what we're focusing on is regenerating the ecology of the landscapes that we're working in. And I'm and I gotta say, yeah. I gotta say, I'm excited about that peach tree you got. I can't wait for it to get a little bigger. <laughs> I can't either. And the great thing about the peach tree is, uh, uh, it, not not too many insects um, 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 go to it. I know, our, like our apple trees, there's a lot of insect damage. Our, our cherries were really poor this year, but um, but yeah, I love the peach tree. And and I also just, I, I really don't understand why people do pesticide monoculture yards. I just, I just don't get it. <laughs> And, yeah, you and me both. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, let's ground this. Um, soil health. What do you want to say about soil health? Isn't it just a bunch of dirt? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And oftentimes I'll put up, uh, so we do uh, presentations for communities and schools and church groups, and I'll put up images uh, under the microscope of soil and uh, and dirt, and I'll put them up side by side. And I'll ask the groups of people to help me identify which one on the left or the right is the soil or the dirt. And, you know, universally people can see it right away that uh, where where you're looking at dirt, you don't really have a lot of living creatures in that. And then when you're looking at healthy soil, it's filled with life, even on the microbial level and especially on the microbial level. So one of the things that we're trying to do with all of our landscapes is grow healthy soil underneath the plantings and lawns that we uh, manage and, and install. So a part of that is that... Um, we actually do, and so one of the things that I wanted to do today on the show is give away a few of our secrets. Mm. And and so does that sound like a good oh, idea? Oh, it sounds like a great idea. Secrets, secrets, secrets. Secrets can be kind of fun if they're the good kind of secrets. So here we got some good ones. And one of our main secrets is that we inoculate the plants that we install before we install them with a liquid compost extract and with microbial or mycorrhizal fungal spores. And so um, we make a special inoculant, and we tell all about it on our website at uh, MinnehahaFallsLandscape.com. On our blog, we have a a worm compost um, blog post. And in in that worm compost blog post, it talks about the type of compost that we use for inoculation, how to grow that compost, and how to make the inoculant. And so we basically dunk all of the roots of our plants before we install them so that they're covered with healthy soil microbes, and then they thrive. So this is sort of like uh, probiotics for the plants, right? It's like a bunch of yogurt. Is it, is it, does it work along the same type of thinking? Yeah, exactly, precisely. And so what's happening underground is the bacteria and fungi are down there, and they're actually dissolving the sand, silt, and clay underground turning them into liquid nutrient, and then they have special beneficial relationships with the plants where they start feeding the plants these nutrients in exchange for something that only plants can provide, and that is sugar. And so the plants are all day long 
creating sugars in the sunlight, and then they're uh, sending the sugars, about 40% of what, they, of what they grow through photosynthesis, of the sugar they make, they spit out into the ground through their root pores in what we call root exudates. These exudates, we can kind of think of them as being like cakes and cookies. They're basically made up of some simple sugars, some complex carbohydrate, and some nitrogen protein. And so that would be kind of like sugar, flour, and butter. <laughs> and that's really yummy to the fungi, which grow toward it, surround the plant roots, and then prevent the pathogens from taking hold while they're also feeding the plants in exchange for those sugars. You know, so it, yeah, it huh? is so fun. Now, you and I were both at that Nobel conference a couple of years ago on the dirt, on, on, on soil and, and the importance of soil. And, um, you know, it is so freaking complex. It's, it's very complex. It's also intricately elegant. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful and, um, extremely complex web of life under under the ground and the closer you look at it the more beauty just shows itself through i have pictures from the microscope but it's still to this day when i see them it, it just astounds me how much beauty is actually right beneath our feet yeah as below as so is above um and uh uh i was so happy to see dr Ratan law won the food prize so i think uh, kind of globally we're coming around to really understanding that the vitality of the soil and our, our life depends on that yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so- I heard you say something so important earlier, Laura, which is that water is life. Mm-hmm. And so with these uh, microbes that we're talking about, these microbes are partners with the plants. And the healthy microbes keep the plants healthy. And the plants help create the structure along with those microbes for healthy soil to act as a fresh body of water. So all of the work that we are doing to maintain the structure of our soils and to introduce healthy microbes, which as you mentioned earlier, too, that uh, mentality of a monoculture or introducing chemicals into the landscape is something that really damages those microorganisms and depletes the health of the soil. So the goal of introducing those um, inoculants and microorganisms to help the plants flourish really is to create a healthy body of water and filter the water that falls from the sky you know, before it enters the, the larger bodies of water. Oh, that's such a good point, Chesney. The the entire landscape used to be a water filter. And so what we do now in our home landscapes has a really big impact because we're some of the last spaces in the metro area where water can actually infiltrate the ground. So if we grow healthy soil in our lawns and gardens, we're going to be having a huge positive benefit on our local waterways as a fresh water filter. So how does a homeowner know um, the soil in the yard and if, if they're being kind to water by the way they do, um, why they, by the way they interact with their yard? Great question. Um, one really quick kind of way that I look around and I notice, and I've taught a lot of you know, kids in schools uh, during our presentations to kind of be aware of this too. If you're looking at a lawn and all you see is grass, that might be an indication that that is a space that is not healthy. And when a space is not healthy for kids to play in, it's probably also not a good water filter. So if instead, if we see more than just grass, if we see things like white clover and dandelions, then we know that people are not using chemicals on the lawn. You know, I, I've seen uh, studies that show about 90% of the synthetic fertilizers that are applied to lawns actually end up in the water and running into local waterways. So folks can really stop using water-soluble synthetic fertilizers. That's one way we can dial back. And, of course, we, we all have to stop using herbicides, pesticides of all sorts, fungicides and insecticides, because these do massive damage to the soil health. If you think about these, these little microbial creatures that I'm seeing under the microscope, and they're very thin and fragile, delicate bodies, those bodies are very easily killed by poisons of any sort. And whenever I look through the microscope at a space that is where they've used, say, a a lawn treatment, like a standard like 2,4-D, and that's a broadleaf weed killer, you know, intended to kill plants, but it also, when I look under the microscope at the soil under there, there's nothing alive under there anymore. So it's also killing 
the natural soil, the water filter in the soil, and that leads to more runoff. Chesney, what about in the garden? Yeah, well, I appreciate what you're talking there about runoff because when I'm working in the gardens, one thing that we really, when I'm consulting with clients or working with our crew members out in the field, to look for is bare soil. The number one compacting event uh, of soil in nature is rain on bare soil. And when that soil collapses, I love Russ talking about what he sees under the microscope. And when I play with the food web, I like to look and think about it on all different scales, you know, cross-sections of portions of soil. So if you go to our website and look at the blog about what is healthy soil, you'll see some really awesome structures, the roots of the plants, the structures of the soil that allow for that air and water to flow through so that those microbes can live healthfully and so that the water is absorbed like a sponge in the soil instead of compacting and running off, which we know can have uh, catastrophic effects. Um, you know, we see uh, runoff on farms where there are larger uh, applications of pesticides. And if you look, uh, you can, one of our slides that we love to show at the schools and gardens clubs is the convergence of uh, the confluence of the St. Croix and the Mississippi River where you can see that on the St. Croix where you have so much protected woodland, a really nice, healthy uh, water, and then on the other the other end of the spectrum, uh, a really muddy, uh, really polluted waterway. So that that healthy soil, soil structure and covering up our soil, which we'll talk so about. So, Chesney and uh, Russ, we're going to need to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation, how to have healthy soil, water is life, living in reciprocity with the natural world. We're talking with Minneapolis Falls Landscaping. We'll be right back. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio. Food Freedom Radio is generously supported by Seward Co-op, now offering online ordering and pickup at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Shop online at seward.coop slash curbside and then pay over the phone. Just call when you arrive at the store for pickup. It's that easy and safe. Offering dedicated pickup times for our first responders, seniors, and those with compromised immune systems from 1 to 2 p.m. Start your shopping at seward.coop slash curbside. Stay safe. Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. Let Next Chapter Booksellers help you catch up on your summertime reading. Their expert staff can help make book recommendations no matter what your taste. Plus, Next Chapter Booksellers also sells a wide variety of puzzles and games. They have free home delivery within St. Paul for orders over $50 and free mail shipments within the U.S. for orders over $50. Open daily by phone from 10 to 3. Call 651-225-8989 or visit nextchapterbooksellers.com. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride. And they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. It's a 
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland, and we're talking about uh, reciprocity with the natural world and all things landscaping with the owners of Minnehaha Falls Landscaping, Russ Henry and Chesney Enquist. And, Russ, normally you're at the State Fair. You're both at the State Fair um, um, educating. So education's a big part of Minnehaha Falls Landscaping mission. Yeah. At Minnehaha Falls Landscaping, we actually have an entire arm, a branch, if you will, called Be Safe Minneapolis, which is our advocacy branch. And uh, through there, we go around and, yep, the State Fair, Minnesota State Fair is one of our favorite places to do um, educational presentations at the um, the Green Building, the uh, X, Green Expo, Eco Experience, I'm sorry, <laughs> Eco Experience, and at the Dirt Stage uh, over over um, on the south end of the fair. So uh, we love talking about the fair, and usually we, we um, have, for the last couple of years, been doing our heroes presentation in which we talk all about how people can be heroes to wildlife in their own landscape. And um, one of those things that we kind of briefly touched on before the break was organic lawn care. Now, do you have a lawn at home, Laura? Um, we haven't sprayed um, our, our lawn. Um, we've been in the house for whatever, a couple decades, so we've never done grass. We've thrown down some clover. We have some green areas, um, but mainly we do permaculture, so um, uh, bushes and uh, box gardens and the trees, um, hazelnuts and peaches and plums and apricots and pear and apples. So it's it's primarily wow. permaculture. Um, though I do have some, I, I do have a, a dog that's very um, hard on whatever little ground cover we did have. So I don't know if you have any tips for, because that's then we have these open dirt paths that um, the dog um, runs on. So, yep, and and we see that a lot as a major challenge in the landscape. Dogs uh, and kids, additionally, can really, if you've got a few kids running through the yard, they can really compact, especially a small space, pretty quickly, and and the lawn can suffer. Uh, so oftentimes what we'll do is wood chip, wood mulch, um, sometimes clover can be a good replacement, or even, uh, you know, the much maligned creeping charlie, which um, is actually a very beneficial plant once you get to know it uh, and uh, feeds the bees, is walkable, is mowable, and can take much more of a beating than uh, much of our lawn grasses. So it can live in some, and thrive in some of these more difficult areas. And you know, nobody likes a creep, so we renamed Charlie, and now we call him Good Time Charlie. <laughs> and, and Good Time Charlie is actually one of the components in a bee lawn. So it sounds like you figured out a long time ago that the best lawn is a garden. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. And then also sometimes we need some lawn space. And we do have clients that uh, really need to have spaces of lawns that are weed-free, um, that they desire that, and yet... We figure out over time how to grow those spaces weed-free without using any herbicides. And so we never used herbicides, and at first it took us a long time to learn how to manage spaces. Um, And it it is uh, quite a bit of of work and investment, but we can do it. What we tend to try to guide towards folks, however, are bee lawns. And Chesney, do you want to talk a little bit about what's in a bee lawn? Sure. Well, I'd love to talk with folks, and I know a lot of your listeners have probably heard about the Lawns to Legumes program, and so they're learning all about the Rusty Patch Bumblebee and opportunities to create more habitat. So what we love to do, along with our aeration and overseeding and our soil fertility methods, is to overseed with a bee lawn mix, uh, which includes fescue grasses and then the flowering plants, which we love, like the Good time Charlie or charming Charlie is something that we could allow, but the seeds that we put in are white clover, self-heal, and um, creeping, creeping thyme. And then fescue grass. So there's, in the B-Lon mix view, there's four types of fescue, and then the main um, uh, broadleaf plant in it is white clover. White clover feeds 75 different species of native bees, and then... The uh, self-heal that Chesney mentioned, Prunella vulgaris, that feeds another 25 species of native bees. So altogether, we're feeding around 100 species of native bees with these two plants. And then, of course, the bees all love creeping thyme as well. So the three of them, and we can do kind of a moderate transition for folks, or we can do a rapid transition. And so for a few customers this, this season, we've removed their standard grass lawn entirely, 
and completely replaced it by seeding with the bee lawn. And I tell you, it's gorgeous. You don't have to mow it ever after you install it. Um, it takes zero fertilizer or uh, herbicides of any sort. And, um, and it's just kind of a, a beautiful space for you and the bees to enjoy. You know, that is so nice. I'm actually looking because I did some um, voice recordings of the bees in my yard. And because we've done so many permaculture for so long and we have so many um, fruits, we have lots and lots and lots of different types of bees. And um, uh, I even get, I think it's Heather Holmes' bee book, and I, I can actually watch these bees and try to identify them like I would a bird book. Um, so I'm excited. So, but would you, with your bee lawn, you can either do a rapid transition or a moderate transition. That's right. So if we want, if folks have kind of a limited budget and they want the bee lawn, we can do an aerate and overseed where we come in three times a season with the aerator and we overseed with the bee lawn mix right into their regular lawn. And then we guide folks on cutting back on mowing and allowing the transition to occur. That takes a few years for that to take hold. Um, or if folks are just done with mowing and want to have an instant bee lawn, what we can do is we actually use sod cutters and cut up the entire lawn that they already have, remove the, the bluegrass and, and, and perennial rye, uh, Kentucky bluegrass and perennial rye lawns, pull those out, and then we, we kind of make a little bit of a lasagna. This is another one of our secrets. We uh, come in and we aerate, and then we seed, and then we compost, and then we seed again, and then we put a wood fiber seed blanket on top that doesn't have any plastic in it as a as a blanket that the that will keep the ground shaded and the seed can grow up the grass will grow up through. And so all the plants just grow up through the blanket. Um, you keep it watered after we leave, and it basically get an instant no mow bee lawn. It's a really fun transition. We've done it on a number of properties, and all the clients that we've done it for this season are just ecstatic because their mowers they're getting rid of their mowers. They're not having to use them, and they've got this beautiful space now in their lawns. And what kind of response are they getting from their neighbors? Well, uh, it's been very positive. So we actually had uh, it kind of catch fire on a block, and we had one neighbor decide that their since their next-door neighbor was getting a beeline, they were going to go ahead and get one as well. And now two more neighbors on that same block are looking at getting a beeline next year. And that's so cool when the neighbors in the block can be working together because then it helps the, the gives the bees more space and is more resilient for for bees and a whole bunch of other creatures. Yeah, absolutely. And starting with that bee lawn as the lowest layer of canopy to create more contiguous habitat for the bees is really the goal. And you mentioned, you know, we really do uh, have a mission that's around advocacy and education. So we have these wonderful bee safe lawn and garden signs that we can post up for folks, which a lot of our clients love because it helps, you know, when neighbors have maybe been concerned about that charming Charlie, and we've come in with self-heal and and creeping time to kind of mask the other broadleaf plants and help that soil uh, progress in ecological succession. And we put that sign up, and other neighbors who may have been critical or concerned before start to understand and, you know, have a level of awareness there that this is really intentional and beneficial for uh, for the bees and the environment overall. Awesome. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about organic lawn care and rain gardens. Um, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. During this stay-at-home time, many of us are getting around to what needs doing at home. So how is your vacuum cleaner running? Is it time to get it repaired or maybe even replaced? Great news. A1 Vacuum in Roseville is open for curbside service. We're here from 10 until 2, Monday through Saturday. Give us a call at 651-222-6316 to place your order for curbside supplies, repairs, or replacements. Find more information and updates at a-1vacuum.com. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. Don't just run an internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service, an enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Better Futures Minnesota's Reuse Warehouse has big news. We have a brand new online store. Check out reusebfm.com. 
This is a great way to see what we carry in the reuse warehouse. Appliances, building materials, kitchen and bath fixtures, lighting, flooring, lumber, heating and cooling items. Don't miss the beautiful benches and COVID safety shields that are hand-built using reclaimed wood from our deconstruction projects. Check out ReuseBFM.com. That's ReuseBFM, as in BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much to all the AM950 listeners who've become members of the radio station. The pandemic has hit our economy hard, and your generous support has helped ensure Progressive Radio stays on the air in Minneapolis-St. Paul. With this upcoming election, it's vitally important to make sure a progressive voice is an option in Minnesota. If you're interested in becoming a member, head over to our webpage, am950radio.com, and click on the membership link. It's really easy to sign up, and you can either make a one-time donation or become a sustaining member with either a monthly or quarterly donation option. And your membership comes with the added bonus of special members-only content. We have brand-new interviews with great guests like national host Tom Hartman, politicians and authors. We also revisit classic interviews with new perspectives. These are interviews only available to the members. Once again, go to am950radio.com and sign up to become a member today. Thanks for helping keep the station on the air, and thanks for listening to AM950. Hi, Matt McNeil from AM950. Toyota is making the best vehicles on the market today. The Highlander, the RAV4, Camry, Sienna, all their models are sensational designed for the driver. Once you realize which Toyota vehicle is best for you, the next step is to head over to the best Toyota dealership in Minnesota, Rudy Luther Toyota. Getting the best vehicle at the best dealership is important, and I trust them, period. Head over, tell them I told you to stop on in. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169, five miles west of downtown Minneapolis. AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Showers and storms possible Saturday afternoon with a high of 85, then partly cloudy overnight Saturday with a low of 67. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business with 500 combined years of professional experience. Standard Heating has been providing the Twin Cities with heating and cooling solutions for 90 years. Learn more by visiting standardheating.com slash radio. Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. Um, I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're talking today about uh, landscaping with the owners of Minnehaha Falls Landscaping. And in the last segment, we were talking about um, bee, um, bee uh, lawns, and I actually did find, I made a little recording of the bees I could hear in my yard. Um, I don't know if you can... So, I mean, it is just so fun to have bees and birds and pollinators and butterflies around. And and sterile monoculture grass is bad for living life and living soil. So, so Russ and uh, Chesney, what can we do to make our, lar- our yards come alive to the natural world? Well, one of our favorite methods of really encouraging nature in the lawn is through the use for rain gardens. So a lot of folks have been installing rain gardens all around the metro area. We've put in dozens of them over time, and this year alone, I think we've already put in about 10 of them. We love installing rain gardens, and they're one way that you can uh, not only filter the water that's coming off of your property before it goes into local waterways, but you can also feed bees, butterflies, birds, and other wildlife right there in the garden, and then you get to watch all of that beautiful nature out there in the yard. So... uh, Rain gardens, a lot of folks have these uh, coming into their houses, and a rain garden is a uh, basically a depression in the land that you dig in near maybe a downspout or at the end of the driveway um, off the slope. Wherever you've got a the, – wherever on the property the water would naturally flow towards. One uh, very important rule for siting a rain garden is that we don't put them within 10 feet of a foundation of a house. And um, – uh, after you've figured out where your rain garden is going to go, what you do is you do a little excavation and uh, dig out about six inches deep, uh, making a flat bottom in the bottom of the rain garden space. And then we'd like to improve the bottom of the rain garden, the soil there, with some cow manure and wood mulch. And, and we talk all about this on our blog at com. On the blog, we have a rain garden post that shows how to make and maintain a rain garden. 
Right. And the, now, the, the evidence for rain gardens improving water quality is overwhelming. I know um, Metro Blooms um, a long time ago, because there was problems with Powderhorn Park, um, people got together. They did a lot of uh, rain gardens, and it helped um, uh, Powderhorn Lake. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something that people can do in their own lawns that can have a huge impact on local waterways in terms of slowing down the water that gets to the waterway, cooling it before it gets there, and filtering it. When when you think about the water that's landing on our roofs or our driveways or the road, that's very, it gets very warm. That water gets heated up. And we don't want to send hot water into our lakes and streams and rivers because that changes the, the water microbiology, which then causes illness in the fish. It depletes the water of oxygen, and it generally makes it difficult for for the um, for natural life to, to thrive. Um, so installing a rain garden at your house can be something that can really help improve water quality, as you're saying. Now, Chesney, what are some of your favorite plants for going into the, into the rain gardens for attracting bees and butterflies? Well, I really appreciate that question because, you know, what just came to mind as you were describing these awesome rain gardens and all the benefits uh, is a client a few years back, you know, some time ago, I remember the feedback on one of the first rain gardens I helped to install and the feedback was right away, right as you left, I saw the first monarch arrive. So the monarch butterflies love, and when, when you meet with us, and you can find this on our website as well, is the mega monarch magnet. And those plants are the joe pie weed, the meadow blazing star, and the swamp milkweed. So in addition to rain gardens, we love planting the pollinator, pollinator plants. And we just transitioned our own boulevard here at home, in fact, this season. And every time I leave the house, I see maybe three or four monarchs, and that's from dusk till dawn. Oh, that yeah. is so beautiful. Yeah, and so the the um, monarchs that, that – now, Chesney mentioned that blazing star, and she, she did say meadow blazing star, and that is important. There are so many different types of blazing star out there but they bloom at different times of the season. And what we really want is to have the blooms that are for, that are ready for the monarchs when they're passing back through on their way down south because that's when they're going to be eating the most. And so they're really looking for nectar. And I swear, that meadow blazing star, every time we get home, every time we walk out and look at the boulevard, there's at least three monarchs on our boulevard, usually four or five. And... Um, then they bounce back and forth between that and the Joe Pye weed, which is blooming right now. Now, the, the milkweed, Chesney also said swamp milkweed. And you can use any kind of milkweed, which we all know the monarchs love to lay their eggs on. It's just through personal experience in our garden that we've noticed that the swamp milkweed, which um, despite its name will grow really well in a garden, doesn't need to grow in a swamp, can grow very well in garden soil, is the favorite place for the monarchs. That's their favorite type of milkweed to lay their eggs on, and that's where we see the most cocoons and uh, the most caterpillars is on the swamp milkweed. Wouldn't it be awesome if we if that just became more and more popular? I mean, it is as I mean, let's celebrate the um, the achievement of moving towards this direction. And uh, I still remember, and unfortunately, I can't remember the person's name, but they they spoke so passionately about how when they were a child, they'd see hundreds and hundreds of monarch butterflies in this area, and now they'd be lucky to see one or two. So, so many uh, life forms are in crisis right now. And, and, you know, what can we do? Well, we can do so much. And, you know, we talked earlier about how our, you know, the best lawn is a garden. And Chesney is our garden maintenance manager. So what are some, Chesney, what are some of your maintenance or installation tips that you would help uh, folks understand about uh, growing health? Well, I really appreciate the question because when I meet with a client on site, whether it's for the first time doing a garden consultation to uh, discern what services, you know, align, or whether it's someone we've been working with for years and they, you know, have really been cultivating certain species, um, we're really looking for beneficial plants already in the landscape and minimizing disturbance and we'll probably have a chance to talk a little bit more about that later but really what I'm looking for is the benefit and what I love to help folks do is appreciate the virtues of any plant life that is present in their landscape you know I sit back and I wonder to myself what is the value of all life in this landscape who's living here above and below the soil and how can I help 
uh, encourage the growth of the species that we'd love to see. You know, we know that monarchs are an indicator of the health of the ecosystem, like you just described, Laura. So the more contiguous habitat that we can develop in our own yards and with our neighbors, you know, the more we're able to support those organisms, whether it's the insects or the birds, you know, the microarthropods and the nematodes, all the way up right to the bald eagles. And you said something very important there, uh, minis- minimizing disturbance, um, because it's also, I've heard people speak, and it's so tragic when um, housing developments went in and you'd have some you know, soil that was so awesome and people just clear-cut the soil. It's like clear-cutting a forest, and they're not even aware of it. So really trying to minimize is, is, is vital. Yeah, absolutely. We, we see this all the time in our work is that, you know, kind of one of the first, things that a, a new homeowner will often do is um, unfortunately we'll kind of come in and remove everything on site and uh, we really help try and guide new homeowners and and people who are getting uh, into you know maybe their second or third home and finding a new landscape you know we try and help them see the value of what they have before they kind of just kind of clear cut and remove everything you know uh, and in doing so we've really helped people not only extend the ecological value that we've been talking so much about today, but also really get more bang for the buck and extend their economic power by not spending money they don't have to when they can find when they can suddenly see the value in what they already own. Cool. And you know, lawns are very personal, and you said earlier, some people do want to have that organic flat look. Maybe they've got kids, and they just they, they want that organic, they want an organic lawn. Um, and there are ways of having that. It, it doesn't mean that um, you, everyone has to have a bee lawn, everyone has to have rain gardens everywhere, or permaculture. Everyone does what, you know, align. But so you also can help people transition to organic lawn care. Yeah, and we do a lot of that. We, we've helped... Uh, make a major transition in Minneapolis public schools and a pilot transition in Minneapolis parks. And, um, and then we've just helped dozens and dozens of homeowners transition their spaces over time so that, uh, you know, we've gotten many clients who come to us and said, you know, um, either because of illness or concern about preventing illness, but they want to stop using their standard chemical lawn service. And um, th- we're here to help. And so what we do is we do an assessment of the site. We see what is uh, growing there. We'll take a look at the soil and assess compaction. And if we need to, we'll throw some soil into the microscope and have a look at that. And we can uh, present that to the clients. And then we can create a plan for transitioning. And usually some of our, our main tools that we'll utilize in the plan are aeration and overseeding. Um, seed adds a lot of use to the system, which revitalizes a lawn and uh kind of fights the weed seed bank that might be there. Um, so when we add grass lawn seed, that can be very helpful. Aerating a few times a season can be very, very helpful, um, alleviate, alleviating compaction and, and helping grow a thick lawn. And then we use organic fertilizers, as well as sometimes we even use that liquid compost extract that we talked about as our soil health inoculant for the, the, in, the plants that we install. We also use that as a spray on the lawns to bring in the, the microbial presence if it's missing. Cool. So tell us about the work with the Minneapolis school system. Yeah, uh, Minneapolis schools, we, uh, through Be Safe Minneapolis, um, did a three-year-long campaign working with them to, uh, first of all, we got all of the pesticides out of the schools. So in the school buildings, they're no longer using any of those dangerous pesticides we switched them over to botanical and floral products and mostly just prevention methods. Um, and, and that took a lot of work. Uh, then the next and kind of the biggest win, I think, is that we got Roundup permanently banned from use at the school. They stopped using it. They switched over to using vinegar, and uh, they, they adapted a steam machine. And it's been just excellent. Um, the, the custodians and, and uh um, uh, they've been able to get out there and do the work during the day of eliminating the weeds, um, and they don't have to, you know, sneak around at night doing it with the, with the poisons like they were having to before when the kids weren't there. So now they can actually get their jobs done, and nobody's getting poisoned. Uh, and so then the, the last frontier there is that they still have 
some um, premier ball fields, like their football field, where they're using uh, some amount of herbicides and fungicides. And um, we have initiated a pilot project with them through Stonyfield Organic, the folks that make the organic yogurt. And, um, and, and it's really exciting that we're aiming at a uh, organic school, um, school district here where all of the grounds are managed organically at Minneapolis Public Schools. Well, that is so exciting. And we know um, the big Monsanto Roundup case was with um, someone who did landscaping for the school system. That's that's how he got um, non-lymphoma um, Hopkins. So um, that is um, cool and exciting news. we got one more break. We're, we're talking with the owners of Minnehaha Falls Landscaping, Russ Henry and Chesney Enquist. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, walkways and uh, patios and retaining walls. Um, so you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Food Freedom Radio is generously supported by Seward Co-op, now offering online ordering and pickup at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Shop online at seward.coop slash curbside and then pay over the phone. Just call when you arrive at the store for pickup. It's that easy and safe. Offering dedicated pickup times for our first responders, seniors, and those with compromised immune systems from 1 to 2 p.m. Start your shopping at sewer.coop slash curbside. Stay safe. Hi, this is Chad from AM 950. With the recent round of storms that came through the Twin Cities, some of you may have sustained damage to your roofing, siding, or windows. Call Snap Construction, the company we trust, to see if you sustain damage. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window company in the metro. Ryan, how are you able to help people that may have had damage from these storms? Well, Chad, with experience, we've helped thousands of Minnesotans with their storm damage claims. If you suspect your home has damage or was denied in the past, give us a call for your free inspection. It can take up to a year for hail and wind damage to reveal itself. The insurance process can be complicated. We make it easy. We use the same costing software that all insurance companies rely on. As always, we stand behind our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. Don't wait. Call us for your free estimate or inspection today. 612-333-SNAP. 612-333-SNAP. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Hi, this is Laura. These are indeed confusing times. So much of our life, education, business, meetings have moved online, yet not everyone has Internet access. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, is here for everyone. Radio reaches people without Internet. In fact, radio reaches more Americans than any other platform. 92% of U.S. adults listen to radio every week. Radio connects. If you know some organization, maybe a religious or civic group, seeking to engage and knows that a Zoom call costs money and does not reach everyone, consider a taped or live broadcast on AM 950. Perhaps a virtual not-so-silent auction, recovery support, spiritual support, business networking, poetry slam. If you want to learn more about creating a live or taped message on AM 950, call 952-946-8885 or email laura at am950radio.com. AM 950, the progressive voice in Minnesota, here for everyone. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland. Awesome Beatles riff back there, huh? Uh, reciprocity with the natural world. Um, we've been talking all things landscaping with the owners of Minnehaha Falls Landscaping, Russ Henry and Chesney Enquist. And let's just touch a little bit on patios, walkways, and retaining walls. Those can add, add a lot of beauty to yards. They absolutely can. And here's where I get to give a huge shout-out to our amazing crew, including our uh, landscape architect, Tom Kirby, who guides the uh, design and installation of some beautiful uh, hardscapes, patios, walkways, retaining walls, 
all throughout residences throughout the, the Twin Cities area. Um, so we can build, we do a lot of stone work, a lot of stone walkways, um, a lot of cement pavers, uh, patios for folks, extending eating space and dining space. And, you know, everybody's stuck at home right now. And, well, we're trying to help folks make the most of it. <laughs> so we, ca- we can come in and really design up the space and then install, you know, a, an outdoor living area where folks can spend a lot more time in their landscape. And, uh, Chesney, you've worked a lot on low-maintenance um, landscaping? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as we are, as Russ was mentioning the stonework, we did just install right off the creek. Actually, the client told me she saw a fox just the morning right before we arrived. Uh-huh. What we did is convert an entire hillside of grass into a garden. We prepped the soil for her, and we installed a few stone outcroppings. So in terms of low-maintenance, low-impact gardening, we are always trying to minimize the disturbance of the plant life and the soil and the life around us, right? Oftentimes, we love discovering bees in the landscape, and we want to find out what can we do actually to preserve those nests. Uh, One of the coolest nests we just found was under this beautiful pine tree on a hillside covered with vinca vine, which is one of the very resilient ground covers we'll sometimes recommend um, as a way to keep the soil covered and reduce the number of inputs that we're not having necessarily to mulch year after year. But wood mulch is another great option to keep that bare soil covered. And then, as I mentioned, those stone outcroppings can be places where you can step uh, so that you're not stepping on that soil because, hey, you step on that soil, you might find one of these bees' nests, like under this pine tree, which, you know, was probably there for 60 or 70 years. So as the crew and I were wondering and watching these bees come in and out of this hillside, how long was that nest uh, there? And how uh, large is it underground? And, you know, just what can we do to respect that space? Beautiful. And that, that's beautiful, the pathways. Um, and what about edible gardening? Yeah. Well, we love to work with folks wherever they're at. So uh, we can design spaces, including edibles. You know, all of our landscapes are meant to serve as habitat and food for somebody, right? So we have nearly two dozen edible species here. We don't often have a lot of time to you know, be organized and harvest it. And a lot of them, uh, the berries and such, are really preferred for the birds. So we're happy to help folks install fruit trees and, um, you know, all kinds of shrubs. One of my favorite edible landscaping uh, pieces that um, I don't see a lot of folks using, it's called honeyberry. Oh, I love honeyberries. Oh, oh yeah. I've got tons of honeyberries. They are my favorite. And they're really good for um, high blood pressure. Some people say I should probably be cautious. But I was reading up, anyone can read up on the health benefits of honeybush berries. Um, and uh, my honeybush berry is now, um, it, I've got two of them. One is like four feet um, oh, wide and wonderful. four feet. I mean, it's just a beautiful bush that. That's awesome. So honeybush berries, yes. Sorry. Honeyberries, yeah. I didn't know they had the health benefits. I always tell folks it's like a like if you're trying to grow a blueberry, but it's a lot easier. <laughs> and so you don't have to change the soil. You don't have to mess with it. You can just add some compost, and they'll grow prolifically. Like you said, I've got we've got one here in the yard that's six feet tall. Wow. Yeah. See, now we're kind of trying one up what you want to another. <laughs> Mine's only four feet, not just <laughs> But that is so... Yeah, the amazing thing about that honeyberry bush this year was just watching the robin. Oh, you yes. Know, the blue of the berries and the flash of red as the robins come down from the maple trees in the boulevard just to pick on that those berries are, is really a sight to see. And the choke cherries. Um, birds absolutely adore the choke cherries. Yeah, not enough folks use choke cherries. They're so they have such a unique flavor, um, and and they're definitely kind of an end of summer treat. And oh gosh, like you said, the birds they just go wild for them. Right, the mulberries too. The birds are crazy about mulberries. Yeah, we have a, a pair of mulberries that the birds planted for us in the yard, and I I liked the placement, so I just took the pair and I twisted them around each other when they were saplings. Oh, and now and now they're twenty foot tall tree with a twisted trunk that grew together oh my gosh that is that's really super cool okay last a few minutes do you get any tips for what people can do in the fall here for their yards oh great yeah one of one of my favorite tips is to remind folks to practice the chop and drop method so rather than removing the debris remember that all of that organic material will be used by someone in the landscape so it's great to leave 18 inches or so of stocks a lot of plants 
uh, have winter interests and values. So you can leave things up like the cone flowers and some of your beautiful grasses, those kinds of things. So really we'll just go through and cut back the plants that might melt a little bit more. And, and you can leave a lot of that refuse on the ground because then that will serve again to cover the soil, uh, which is really a place where a lot of uh, pollinators and insects can then nest and, and protect themselves. Great. And how do people reach you? And I also want to mean that, that you really want to work with people at all levels. So some people might uh, be do-it-yourselfers and people you want to work with people in a range of services. Yeah. So Yes, we offer garden coaching for do-it-yourselfers. And then we have a full design services as well as maintenance installation. We do lawn work, um, all kinds of stuff we can help with. And in the winter, we actually even do snow removal. So um, the best way to connect with us, minnehahafallslandscape.com. On there, the Contact Us page, and you can fill that out. It's got all kinds of options you can check for what you're interested in. And then there's a space where you can just write and tell us what it is that you need as well. So uh, minnehahafallslandscape.com, the best way for folks to get a hold of us. Awesome. And I also want to thank you for your support of AM950. I so much want to move towards a trust economy and, uh, and, and, and how we support each other and create our own businesses. And somehow I think if we were able to really ramp that up, that buy local and support each other, life would just be a lot better, better for the bees, better for the pollinators, and better for each other. It does seem like one of the most important solutions, absolutely. And I tell you what, we love AM950 listeners and staff. Um, you know, Laura, we've always loved coming on the air with you. You're just wonderful to talk with and such an innovator in the thought realms around food and freedom here in the, in the Twin Cities area. And then the, the listeners keep getting a hold of us. Uh, hearing our ads on the on AM950, and and so we just love talking with AM950 listeners and seeing their lawns and helping them go organic at home. Awesome. Well, this feels so good, especially in these times. We're all cooped up and so much stress out there, and but we can make it better when we're all together. We all do better when we all do better. Um, so right. I thank you so much, Russ Henry and Chesney Enquist, and we got 40 seconds left. What else would you? Anything else in the last few seconds? Well, I was going to say that if people want to really pick out two or three plants for the bees this year, that they need to get themselves some bee balm. And then this plant called Calamintha, it's a kind of mint. All of these are actually mints that I'm going to mention. And then Walker's Low Nepeta. All three of those are just incredible for bringing in the bees. And our state bee, the Rusty Patch, loves, loves bee balm. Loves so if you're bee really balm. Plant in your garden for bees. It's the bee balm. Save the rusty patch. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.